Fearscape Media Network. Exploring the unknown, one podcast at a time. Something unknown flies over and disappears. People driving at night, seeing huge creatures cross the road. People waking up to find their cabinet doors ripped open in their kitchen. Strange things happen every day around the world and seemingly at the same time and area. But are these occurrences connected? This, this is, is what, what we are here, here to explore, to explore and, and are trying to understand. Join us on our journey, to uncover, on our journey to uncover what we call the, the Convergence, Convergence Enigma. Enigma. Every Wednesday on the Fearscape Media Network. Welcome to the Books and Booze Podcast, where we get tipsy and flip through some epic reads. Welcome back to Books and Booze. I'm Anna. I'm Marlena. And today we have a fabulous read for you. At least we think it is. We were so obsessed that we got pissed when we had to wait for the last book to come out in the series. And this author is not a one series wonder. She is actually going to be featured a lot on our show. Her name is Robin Peterman, and this book is called The Right Hook. So I don't even know how to start this off. I'll read the synopsis in a second. But like, this is how I was introduced to Robin Peterman. And this book was free on Audible. And I was like, hey, I like free books. I don't have any credits right now. And when I was able to just sit there and turn on this book and dive into it, I was was hooked. And there's so many reasons I was hooked. But a big part of it was the way that they tell the story with the narration on Audible, I think, is really helpful for people with me people with me people like me with ADHD who maybe can't focus on a paper book audible is a really good option for that um if you're willing to pay for it if not then some local libraries have it to where you can download books for free audiobooks and listen to them um but we both have audible I don't know Marlena what do you think of this book I absolutely loved it I when it I will say after you read the gist of the book when it when it first 
started. It started a bit slow. I was slow. like, eh. Like, it did. It did. I was eh, you know. And then by like the second chapter, I was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, it, it kicked up quick. Jumped. It did. It did. I I really, really, really have enjoyed this author. Um, like Over you said, two series now. Yes, like you said, the this book is uh this series is really good. I am excited for the uh to start talking about the rest of these books, and I'm very excited to start talking about her second series that we've started reading. Um, oh my we are God. currently waiting. In two days, the next series the book comes out, which we're not going to have any spoiler alerts on that one. I know. And then I seen, I seen when I was looking up my notes, trying to get them all right the other day, the eighth book in that series comes out in like September. I'm like, okay. Yeah, yeah I'm not excited. I have to wait till then, but okay. There's going to be another book. There's going to be another book after this next one. So like, that's fun. Like, it's just never ending. And, like, she puts out books faster than some people, I swear, shower or change their underwear. Like, she puts out a book, like, a month. Which is, as a writer, a goal of mine. But, like, I'm never going to get there. But I wish I could. And so, for someone to be so focused and so sharp and so funny and make unrealistic, because you'll see in a moment, they're unrealistic plot points. But parts of them are very realistic, and you're just like, well, damn. Well, damn. And then you're just like, okay, but, but what? It's like, it's like watching a movie series. It's like, what the crap? It's so In good. In your head. It's so good. All right, so the synopsis says, the synopsis for The Right Hook by Robin Peterman. At 42, I've had my share of ups and downs. Relatively normal, except when the definition of normal changes drastically. New York Times bestselling romance author? Check. Amazing bestie? Check. Lovely home? Check. Pet named Thick Stella who wants to kill me? Check. Wacky tobacky dealing aunt? Check. Cheating husband banging the weather girl on our kitchen table? Check. Nasty divorce? Oh, yes. Characters from my novel coming to life? Um, yes. Crazy? Possibly. Four months of wallowing in embarrassment, depression should be enough, but I'm beginning to realize that no one is who they seem to be, and my life story might be spinning out of control. It's time to take a shower, put on a bra, and wear something other than sweatpants. Difficult, but doable. With my friends, real and imaginary, by my side, I need to edit my life before the elusive darkness comes for all of us. The plot is no longer fiction. This is my reality. And I'm riding a happy ever after, no matter what. I just have to find the right hook. Ugh. If that doesn't make you want to read Oh my god, crazy. like, I don't know. I've never written a book, but I've had dreams, and I feel like that's how most books start, is by an <laughs> author having a dream, and then they write a book off of it. Um, I don't know. I had recurring dreams, but yes, it started out as like a nightmare that wouldn't go away, 
until I wrote it down, and then I would yeah, have see, I don't have dreams to like fill that. in the plots. It I don't even remember weird. half my dreams. Like, it's not a thing. I'm not an author. I I don't remember most dreams until, like, the really fucking weird ones come along, and you're like, whoa. Demon that seems to lure preachers and others to sell, or to to collect souls for him at a church, which happens to be built on a crossroads. Yeah, you remember that shit. You write it down. That's also called The Dedication by Anna Temperley, if anybody gives a fuck. It's on Amazon. <laughs> it's actually really good if anybody wants to read it. <laughs> so it's dark. It's dark, but it's good. It's not It's not for the faint of heart, but um, none of my books I write are. I write weird shit. It's fine. So I, I'm weird. Not to change the subject, so I really need to do some research on Miss Peterman because the few books that we have read of hers I feel like we could be best friends honestly we could but they're all set in the south I really just want to be like yeah where are you from this book is set in the south fucking California or something yes this is set in Kentucky and the other series that we listened to is set in Georgia so it's like all southern and we have some fabulous names we have Aunt Flip, F-L-I-P, Aunt Flip. We have, we have Cheeto. A, a Nancy, a Jess, and Ann Aramini, Mr. Ted, which is so adorable. Darren, which is her shitty ex. Jenny Jingle, the weather hooker, which I just love so much that they called her the weather hooker. Like, that made me so happy. Then there's Cheeto, which is this adorable little girl who kind of... um made no option for Clementine to be her friend. And then there's her <laughs> daddy, Seth, who went to school with Clementine and is pretty adorable. So what can I say besides what a fantastic roller coaster of a tale? I cannot recommend this book series enough. This book enough, even if you don't want to give a whole series a chance, just just just, just hear me out. Hear me out. Just try a little bit. Just try one book. You're going to get hooked. Yes. Like the fact that a 40 year old woman goes to her lawyer for the, the meeting. the lawyer is to start Mr. Ted, by the way. Mr. Ted. And she starts talking to Cheeto, which is where she meets Cheeto. And Cheeto comments and compliments her for starting a new fashion trend because she has two <laughs> different shoes two on. Two different pairs of Who does that? Me when I'm half awake, <clears throat> but I don't think I could ever leave the house with two different fucking shoes on. I don't know that that's possible, but she was in the middle of a midlife crisis, you know, or a mental breakdown. So there is that, but there's not enough to be said about Robin Peterman's talent for writing, y'all. I'm just saying, like, I have laughed. I've, oh, I have yelled at this book. I cried a little bit, and then I laughed some more. So, there's so much. There's just so much. Ugh. There really is. So, so we're just, I, I would just want to jump into it. I can't help it. I got to tell our listeners about it. So, <clears throat> so Clementine is going through a midlife crisis. This is a midlife crisis series. This is what it is. She's going through a midlife crisis. Well, when she... And it all stemmed from her husband as she... We heard in the synopsis, banging the weather girl on their kitchen table. And that's where it all began. Or so it seems. Yes. So, uh, 
Clementine goes through a midlife crisis and she is, you know, going through some stuff. She's in her forties. She's been with this guy forever and he's done nothing but just bring her down. Well, through her traumatic events of her life, she starts to see people that look familiar, but aren't familiar and she gets really confused like for instance the first time she's in her office writing for the book that's due because she's a new york times bestselling author and she's writing the book that's due and this woman in like old timey scarlet o'hara regalia (laughs) comes in and she's like talking to her in like old lady English and like it's just this whole thing and she's like who the fuck's in my house eating and this woman loves eating grape nut cereal <laughs> by the way and then and then if that's not enough she said you're out of grape nuts could you get lucky charms I hear they're magically delicious so she thinks she's crazy she's oh yeah not, I would too I would I'd too. be like what the fuck um, she confines in her aunt flip Crazy Aunt Flip, which is a freaking pothead. I want a Crazy Aunt Flip. She she's not even a she's not even just a pothead. She's a pot. Give her away, or she's not even a dealer because she just gives it away as she grows gifts, it, gives it away. Which you'll find out later on in the series why she does that. But it's just she's like in her eighties, and this old lady's like smacked all the time. She's gone all the time. It's great. So. Jump forward a little bit. Her and her meat Twinkies. Which is a corn dog, if you don't know. <laughs> I didn't know that. Me neither. But skip ahead a little bit. She finds out that she has woo-woo juju. Anna, please tell me what woo-woo juju is. Yeah, woo-woo juju is Flip and her past sister's explanation of being magical badass witches they all all the women with the woo-woo have a different version of it so some of them can go invisible some of them can transport from one spot to the next some of them turn into cats it's kind of fucking crazy and then like some of them turn into birds (laughs) clementine her woo-woo is seeing her characters which her her grandma that passed away could see characters too. They just she didn't write books. She saw Scarlett O'Hara and Rhett Butler, but they were Scarlett O'Hara and Rhett Butler from the movie, not like the people who played them. So she would see actual movie characters, and they would guide her and lead her to help fight the darkness. Oh, what's the darkness? You might ask. Well, the darkness is bad woo-woo juju. So apparently children, so apparently children, all children are born with the woo-woo juju, but over time, as they get older, they forget. Some of the children remember they have woo-woo juju and can get it back. But to be able to get it. Yes. It comes at a price. Yes, you get it back in a price. You have to have some traumatic, devastating event happen to you. To you. 
to be able to get the woo-woo juju. And it's never like, I have a light, kind spirit. I want to be magical again. They're always malicious. They want the magic at no matter what cost. They will do anything to be powerful like they were as children. And they'll be damned if anyone stands in their way. Yes. This is my favorite part of the book. I'm sorry. Clementine, it just throws you into the middle of her, like, semi-disastrous midlife crisis. She's promoting her book. And she has a film crew following her around. And they go into her house to do, like, like look at my crib tour if you're not from our generation. Look at my house. But they go in and they look at her house and what what do they find? Her skeezy husband cheating on her. Not just cheating on her, but sleeping with the local weather girl on her kitchen table. And it is being filmed by a film crew. And she throws dirty mop walk like mop water bucket just nastiness all over them. And she's been combating a broken heart, and then she's thinking she's lost all of her damn mind when she starts seeing these people. But then Flip starts to explain to her that she's not crazy. No. And that's really endearing to have, like, an older, like, relative be like, honey, you're not crazy. This is just part of our family dynamic. And she starts to really think she's lost her mind because she can't control her characters when really the characters are brought out to show her like they they don't really like give like all the details they give like cryptic clues on what the fuck she needs to figure out she has to puzzle it out and it's really interesting it really is so that's your favorite part my favorite part yeah. I mean, can you imagine, though, walking in, dousing a dude with mop water bucket of grossness? You know what? I probably would have done way worse. I would have done way worse. She has uh Right. I probably would have, too. But she was on TV, so she had to, like, not go to jail. But, like, she dumps dirty mop water all over him and his hooker. And if that's not my favorite scene, the next favorite scene is it. The nail salon. That's my favorite scene. The nail salon. Because the weather hooker is a dumbass. She's a dumbass. Oh my gosh. She brings in her little goon friend. And by the way, the only reason why we're at the nail salon, it's also a hair salon. It's like a dual combo. Aunt Flip has to get her perm at the full moon or some shit. Because if you don't get a perm in the full moon, your hair doesn't stay. I don't know. She's going to go bald. It was like a whole ordeal. So they're in there getting Flip's hair done. This is the first time that Clementine's been out in public. The film crew. Pretty much since the filming incident. So it was crazy. And then there's this little nail tech that's like the uh, salon owner's bitchy niece. And she's like, I have VIPs coming in. Okay, fucking cool story, homie. 
it's just, it got really insane really quick, and it was really witty and really fast-paced, and I really enjoyed that a lot. Yeah, I did too. I was like, <laughs> beat a bitch up with your words. <laughs> because she has one of her characters behind her, and she's feeding her lines, and this girl's going off script. Clementine's like, no, I got this, watch. And then the vampire demon lady that's like behind her was like oh you didn't need me after all like i'm really proud of you and it's just like she felt like such a connection to her fictional character because she felt supported and loved but jenny jingle came in with like her unknown unnamed sidekick and acted a fucking idiot and just kept making like your old jokes yeah. Which is, I mean, wow. Classy. Wow, I'm older than you. You're like 23 and I'm like 40. And you're fucking my wow, husband. I'm so old. So. Right? I'm old, but you're, you're you know, whatever. <laughs> I'm old, but you're a whore. Yeah. Um, my next one is the library. Book- yes. I mean, this book will have you immediately turning pages faster than you ever thought you could. And or figuratively turning pages because you're just like turning the audible speed up faster to go faster so you can figure out how it ends a little bit quicker. Ugh. Yeah, I can't. I I love the library scene because they're trying to sneak around because Seth Walters is there. Seth Walters and Cheeto, which, by the way, what the fuck is this child's real name? I just need to know. Uh, they they haven't said in this book I'll leave it at that I just need to know this child's name her name is Cheeto she picked it (laughs) she picked it I mean obviously Um, but they're trying to go to the woo woo juju meeting in the library where Flip's bringing like pot brownies and meat twinkies aka corn dogs in a in a pound of ketchup, I swear. They eat a lot of ketchup in these stories, and if that grosses you out, same. Um, but like they're trying to be sneaky and stealth, and then they knock over a whole display of books. It was fantastic. And Seth catches her, and her vampire yes. guy was with her talking to her. Lafano. Yes. Was talking to her and she would like comment back and it's have to be like who are you talking to and then here's aunt flip oh she's just crazy she talks to herself <laughs> she talks she's a writer that's what they do oh my goodness it's such a fantastic series and i can't wait till we can catch you guys up and you guys catch up on all of these amazing books it'll just keep you have, like, that thought of what's going to happen next. I mean, let's be real. With characters named Clementine, Great Aunt Flip, a child named Cheeto, and a soon-to-be love interest named Seth Walters, who's got a daddy named Mr. Ted. I mean, wouldn't you want to know what's happening next? It was very, very hard to split this podcast up. Between books. Into multiple books. Yes, because 
for one, we had to wait because two of the books were free. And then the final book didn't come out for like a month after we finished the third or the second one. The third one came out and we had to pay an audible credit, which I don't mind doing, but I had to have the audible credit to do that. So I, I spent my credit. I listened to the book. And I was like, I need more. But I'm pretty sure the third book is the final book in this series. But, I mean, she was getting divorced, right? So let's get into that. She is going through a very tumultuous divorce. Uh, she starts seeing people. She saw a guy that looked like a police officer, and it turned out to be one of her characters. But Clark Dark, the only reason why she recognized him as a like character from her book is because she recognized the name. And... So she starts seeing all of these different people and you go, the fuck? Is she losing her mind? No, she's not losing her mind. She has the woo-woo juju, but that's cool and all. But she already told her lawyer that, or she told her friend Jess, who then told her lawyer because they work together, she might be getting stalked and harassed by people from her ex. She m believed in the beginning that Albinia, Clark Dark, um, oh shit, what, they have, there's too many characters to be perfectly honest, I can't keep up with all of them, and I, I'm not scrolling my notes at the moment, but, so all of the characters that she wrote sort of start to visit her she's convinced that Darren has hired people so convincing to play lookalikes of her characters to scare her into giving up the house why does the house matter the house is laid upon magical ley lines so that doesn't seem like it matters much to Darren, who's a dipshit, but it matters to the darkness. And at one point, Jenny Jingle tells um, Clementine in a diner, she was like cornering her and she was like, I don't care what you think. I'm going to get the house. What my baby wants, my baby gets. And I want this. And she was like, okay, but like, there's like a legal, they basically legally locked down the house so that nobody could ever get it unless she inherited or unless it was inherited by the uh, art museum or historical society or something like that. And then she had a child of her own. So she had to genetically pass it down to an heir or leave it to like the historical township or whatever. No husband, etc., could have claims to the house. Well, then they realize that if Clementine gets murdered, Darren's her next of kin. So then they start to think that he's hired people to assassinate her, and they've got her all locked up and all this shit. But it turns out okay. They go and get divorced. And Marlena, do you want to tell us what happens when they go get divorced? So they go to the courthouse to uh, go through the divorce proceedings. 
They don't get Darren and Weatherhooker doesn't get the house. And uh nope. they uh she's you know, she's happy, she's excited. He took he signed it, he took the the deal that Mr. Ted set up for them and they're not going in front of a jury or whatever a divorce i've never been through a divorce i don't know how that works but me either i don't either so i think it would go beyond like before a judge probably but i don't, I don't know. know it, could be but all it, kinds it of doesn't problems. go before a judge or whatever it the the attorneys sit down discuss it talk about it they sign papers it's going to the judge to be signed so darren and weatherhooker walk out and Clementine stays behind and she's talking to Seth. Miss, no, she's talking to. No, she's talking to Nancy. Yes, Nancy. Seth is in the office with his dad. Yep. And Nancy is <clears throat> frantic because can't, she find, can't Cheeto. find Cheeto. That's right. So, anyway, they're looking for Cheeto. They're, you know, they're worried. She tells she she eventually tells Seth that they can't find that they can't find Cheeto. Um. Anyway, she goes out to her car. And finds Cheeto in her car. Um, it's raining. Because she wanted to go home with yep. her. Which is so adorable. And so well written from a child's perspective. Like that's how children behave. Yes, I agree. Um, so she's talking to Cheeto. And she's like, you know, babe, you can't, you can't hide from us. You, met, you got us worried. Um all this ask for permission. all of this jazz well it's it's raining it's like pouring ass raining and she looks up and sees darren and weatherhooker i don't think i will ever call her jenny jingles ever it's gonna be weatherhooker but uh, my favorite name for her was black and decker Wrecker. pecker Wrecker. Yes. if we're gonna be on the record about it <laughs> mine too <laughs> So, uh, they, by Ann Aramini, it was great. So they are arguing because they didn't get the house and Weatherhooker beats the shit out of Darren. Beats the shit. Yes. Wait, yes. Like tries to murder him all the while. She's got a child in a car that is listening to everything and seeing everything. And so she's like, Hey, play with my phone. I'll be right back. Shuts the door. She gets under her car seat though. This is important that we left out earlier. Aunt flip had a taser, like a stun gun. So she took the stun gun out from underneath her seat in the driver's pass, like the driver's seat. She took it out. Cause she took it from her crazy doped up aunt. And she goes to try to defend Darren because he's being murdered in this fucking parking lot. And it just gets insane. Yeah, it it does. Like, it's... And this is the cliffhanger. This is where the author leaves you hanging by your ball sack. Pissed me off so bad. (laughs) Every book... Every book, no matter what series it is, I'm like, oh, really? We're going to do this shit again? Again? Thanks, Robin. Yeah, I was I was so mad. Thankfully, I had access to book two so I could find out what happened. But yeah. at the end of book one, I was like, oh, my God. Shania Michael. 
I was not happy. If book two was not it out. It ended with Clementine being arrested because Weatherhooker flees. And I mean, she gets all like jujued up and powerful because, by the way, she is the darkness. But she turns out to be like a darkness breeded psychopath. And she had to have that trauma, right, that we talked about earlier, to level her up to be jujued up again. But fun fact, you have to be traumatized or victimized or whatever by someone with positive woo-woo juju in order to get your power back. And the reason why she wanted the house was because it was on the power or the ley lines. Which it powers up your magic. So she wanted like to be all encompassed in magic. Which is like psychotic. If you really think about it. And Darren was just a means to an end. He was a way to get to Clementine. The whole time. She even tried to steal Seth from Clementine. And they weren't even together. And... So she gets, like, shocked with the taser and, like, electrocuted and all this shit. Powers up. Bounces. And then Darren goes, Clementine tried to kill me. Yep. Like a bitch. Yeah, because if... Like a little bitch. Well, he before he said that, she was like, Darren, are you okay? Hang on. I'm getting help. And he was like, Clem, I love you. Just come back to me. And she was like, uh, hell no. It was and, all a mistake. Yeah. And she's like, uh, hell no. Um, not doing that, but I will get you help. And he was like, okay, well then just give me the house. And she's like, you're not getting my house. And then when everyone showed up yep. and the police showed up, she was, he, that's when he was like, Clementine tried to kill me. Uh, like, why would she try to kill you? You ain't got no job. You ain't got no money. You ain't got no house. Yeah. You a hoe. Like, bye. Fl- I almost said it. Bye. Bye, Darren. <laughs> bye, Darren. Bye, Darren. But yeah, so like, it's the thing is, is like they talked about in the story, he didn't work from the time she got her first book check till the time she caught him fucking the weather girl on their, on their kitchen table. That was 15 years that he would go on vacations solo. He would go on golfing trips solo. And Clementine was just meant to, like, fucking bring in the money. And, like, if that's what you agreed upon when you entered that marriage, cool. If that's what you agreed upon when you revised your marriage after a, like, conflict, cool. But to just say, oh, now you make a hell of a lot of money. I'm going to fuck off and fuck around. Like, not cool. I agree. So, yeah. I mean, I can't really give much more away. We've told a lot of the story. But I don't want to tell all of the story. Because I want you guys to listen. Because it's so damn good. And we should have probably said this in the beginning. But spoilers it it's an accident we forgot to wait till the end but if you come to a book review episode of any podcast 
please expect spoilers. Like, just being honest, expect the spoilers. We're talking about it the book, yeah. Is. And we will have the synopsis and the title and the author in the show notes. But I've had a good time this episode. And I feel like it's going to be just the beginning of epicness because Robin Peterman is like chef's kiss. Her books are so addictive. It's ridiculous. It really is. Like, I am blown away. I She is my new favorite writer. I didn't writer. know her. She was my whole life. I don't either. I don't either. But I'm excited for her future books. I'm excited to talk about the books we have listened to or read. Um, I'm excited yep. to, to finish the next couple of podcasts on the on this series. I really, really, really hope that you and, guys and jump into her next yes. series because holy shit. Yes. I think we're going to do a rando book in between Robin Peterman, Robin Peterman. Like we'll do Robin Peterman, one, two, three, Robin Peterman, one through six or seven, however many is out at the time. But we're going to do a random book in between, so be prepared for that. But if- um, but we don't want to leave you hanging on the content of this series because we were hanging until we got to the next book. And we're just, we don't want to do that to you. No, we didn't. But I will say, um, and if any, if any of our listeners are following along with us, which if you are great i like keep following along with us our next book is book two of this series um yeah i'm trying anna i'm sorry i thought i had it written down what is the next book um hold on let me go into my notes we'll just hit pause for right now let me pause So the next book that we will be covering is You May Be Right by Robin Peterman, which is the second book in that series. Um, And then the book after that will be All the Right Moves. And then I'm looking on Goodreads right now. I would like to report a book for my big, fat, hairy wedding. See, I knew there was another book coming out. If you listen to all of them, you'll know what that's from, but you have to listen to book three, All the Right Moves, to know what the fuck we're talking about, but I'm so excited to hear that now, because it's written from Nancy's point of view, and it sounds so fantastic. I can't wait. Um, But yeah, guys, that's my so-called mythical midlife crisis series, book one, The Right Hook. The next book will be my so-called mythical midlife crisis or midlife series. You may be right. And then from there, it'll be my so-called mythical midlife, all the right moves. And we can't wait to share them all with you. Um, it's, it's such a good series. And then our next series... And the next book we will be covering will be a random book in between, but from Robin Peterman, after we cover the random book or two in between, we 
the Good to the Last Death series. Just a heads up, so in case you want to get to listening now or reading now, the first book is called It's a Wonderful Midlife Crisis. And it's, I'm telling you, I haven't, like, listened to something so fast in my entire life. It's insane. Um, She also has a book series called Hot Damned. And Magic and Mayhem. So we might have to try to find those, see if we can listen to them as well. Because I'm telling you, I'm a little bit obsessed with her art. Like, her talent, her covers, her characters. Like, just her art all the way around. Just like, oh, Robin Peterman kills me. It's it's wonderful. I am very, 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 very much enjoying her books. Oh, yeah. And they're not boring, which is so nice. A lot of books, like, they start out strong, they end, it, they end slow, or they, they start out slow and they end strong. Like, these are just all the way around, like, fast-paced. You don't get bored. It's really nice. I agree. It is nice. I have enjoyed it. It's not sad or... or- they're sad moments, they are, but they're not they're like not sad making you sob. No, and I am, I am. They're not like depressing. No, and I am so tired of being depressed. I listen to enough murder mystery crap that I am enjoying some happiness. Ooh, she has one called "Handcuffs and Happily Ever Afters." Hello, Robin. Maybe we should listen to that too. I'm down. We could just do a whole year of Robin <laughs> Peterman. Yes, she has one called Magic and Mayhem. Shift happens. Hmm. Hot damned. I'm telling you. We're going to have to just go through that. This woman is talented and she writes books like she changes underwear like every day. You know what? When you're good, you're good. It's so fast. Yeah, no shit. (laughs) When you have time to focus, you can get a lot done apparently. (laughs) Agree. She must. I wonder if she's got kids. (laughs) kids a husband both or if she has like a full-time job on top of it because like i'm trying to write the second book to the dedication series called oh what was i gonna call it the atonement there we go i was gonna call it the atonement and i've only gotten like 2,000 words in, but, like, that's something, but it's not much. And I have, like, several other, like, side book-ish things. And they may or may not go somewhere. I don't know. Life's a mystery. It all depends on my ADD and my ability to focus. So there's that. Well, I'm excited to read it, so you're going to have to let me know when you get it done. The Atonement is about Everett and his sister Bree passed away when they were children and he ends in he ends up making a unplanned deal with Zandamal. Oh shit. Oh shit is right. Uh, listeners, you better go read her first book before her second book comes out if you want to know what we're talking Words about. Words have power. I'm just going to say that like if you say, 
I would give anything to dot, dot, dot. Sometimes you may end up selling your soul. I'm just saying. So it's one of those type of things. And that's how far I've gotten. Like, I'll let you read it soon. Um, but it's not very polished and it's not very far. But it's good enough for a beginning. I just want to, like, have the brain freedom to, like, do more with it. I feel so pulled in, like, 18 directions. This weekend, I have a crawfish boil at work on Friday. I have a birthday party to go to for my niece. I have a wedding shower to go to on Sunday. And then I go back to work on Monday. I'm like, when the fuck do I get to rest this weekend? Like, is there alcohol at any of these events? Is there going to be booze at the birthday party? Like, what's up? I just need a break. <laughs> Girl, I'm sorry. I ain't got I ain't got nothing. I ain't got nothing. Uh, my daughter is having dental. You do. You have something Friday. Uh, my daughter has dental surgery on Thursday, and then I've got the thing on yeah. Friday. Um, but then I don't got nothing going on. I'm going to stay home. I might lay out because it's supposed to be hot. <laughs> it's supposed to be in the 80s. Right. Yeah, if it wasn't Eloise's first birthday, I I might give myself a break, but it's her very first birthday ever, so. I understand that. I can't not be a good aunt. I can't do anything with my pool. <sighs> so sad, but happy, so it's whatever. Oh, yeah, because it's expensive as shit, but also time Well, I'm getting a new liner, so I'm having to wait for that to come in. Oh, so nice. it's going to be another two weeks before I get my pull-up and running. Oh, yeah. Fun times. All right. Well, listeners, we're boring as shit. We don't have much going on besides, like, title life and home life. So beyond that, we're boring, basic bitches who love to read. So until next time, listeners. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Books and Booze with Anna and Marlena. If you like the music you heard today, you can give credit to Josh Rutledge. Our logo was created by Stefan Gerhard. And all opinions of these books are mine and Marlena's. If you like what you hear, please like, subscribe, and share with all your friends. Rate and review us on all your favorite platforms, especially Apple and Spotify. And until next time, listeners, cheers.